0: and welcome back to another episode of the amazing city i have lost track once again of what episode we're on let's just call it 50 58
1: i want to say 59 59 we're
0: in that realm who knows but as you can see it's not just myself and jack this time we have a nice little guest which is good because we need another one to just join in on the misery we have alex Corigliano, co-host of the mets legends cast and uh hey welcome to the program
2: guys thank you for having me on i've i've I feel really like, honored and uh, blessed, I'm going to say blessed, sure. to uh, be welcomed on. I, I was really stoked. I did some studying. Mm-hmm. I listened to the last episode uh, from a few oh, weeks Oh, I'm back. so sorry. No, <laughs> so, oh, no, no, don't say that. No, 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 no. Hype yourself up. It was lovely. I was, I was sitting in the car, you know, I was like two, all the news was two weeks old. So I'm like, there. Mm, yeah, they seem to be really hype about Scherzer bouncing back and uh, all these other things, too. It sounds really <laughs> good what do they know and and, and then what happened oh my poor sweet summer children oh. <laughs>
0: what 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 happened um so yeah um we are Just gathered right here today it. to talk about the the mets getting swept by the tigers uh didn't have that on my bingo car for 2023 um We were—I know—at least me—I was looking forward to the return of Max Scherzer from his suspension, Justin Verlander coming back and making his first start as a Met, Scherzer, Verlander back-to-back days. I'm like, "Wow, this is going to be great! It's going to be awesome!" The Tigers stink; they can't hit to save their life. And then the tables kind of turned a little bit. Mets couldn't hit. Verlander looked good. Scherzer did not. Um and this is kind of an ongoing trend with this team. They've lost nine of 11. They're back at 500. They're below the Marlins in the standings now. So that's, that's fun and exciting. Um, I'm going to, I'm going to pull the room here. I know how I feel, but I'm going to get your guys' opinion first. Is
1: it time to panic? I'm going to say no for now. Okay. Um, My rule of thumb is I got to get through the first two months to kind of see how everything feels, especially considering you play 162. Baseball really is a season-wise, it's a sport built on groups of 10. You know, if you can win six out of every 10, right, if you can win six out of every 10, you're playing really good baseball. You're one of the better teams in the league. If you can only win five out of every 10, you know, you're middle of the pack. You're What about two out of every 10? Well, Mm. then you are the Oakland Athletics. (laughs) But... You know, I I think there are there are red flags and there are warning signs and it's good to see them and understand them, but I don't think that means it's time to start losing your mind. I mean, yeah. how many warning track flyouts did the Mets hit today? I, I they, did, they had oh, they had three God, in so, one inning.
0: So frustrating,
1: and they hit so many in the game before. And we were talking about it before we came on. You know, Ottavino just happens to have his first clunker in almost. I think we decided it was over a year. The last just one a calendar was calendar year, yeah. The last one was the day before the no-hitter last year. You know, so he went over a calendar year without you know just shitting the bed. Yeah. And he chooses a bad time to, but he does. You know, and I, I think there's a lot of irony in the tigers being carried to a sweep over the mets carried by Javier Baez. You know, I was really hoping for a series where Baez takes an 0 for eight, and 0 for nine, a handful of strikeouts and Badio's yard. Mm-hmm. Puts up some. He, he had a good first couple. Like he was he was good yesterday, yeah. but you know I think the Mets really have themselves in a hole here. You know you're at the easiest part of your schedule for a bit before it starts to get tough, and you know it's a 14 game stretch. You start 0 three. That you know you're at now at a spot where if you go seven and four over the final eleven, you're coming out of this even. And I think if I told you they were entering the stretch and they were going to come out even, you'd be disappointed. You'd be very disappointed. So it's it's it's, it's concerning, but I'm not concerned if that makes sense.
2: No, I think that's the perfect way to put it concerning and not concerned because I agree with everything you said. it's it's definitely too early to hit the panic button. It's definitely there's definitely enough of a sample size to say, hmm. You know, like, yeah, I, I am concerned. It is right. definitely very concerning, but you still have to, like, measure everything and see how, you know, how the rest of the season is going to go. I Jack, I like your point a lot about know, game of tens and, and measuring in that way, because it's it really feels like baseball, of all sports, besides, like, the Knicks this year, is, like, built on streaks, whether it's uh, winning streaks and losing streaks or just... Having a really hot week at the plate one week and then just not having it the next week, like like when Nimo's kind of been going through this entire year so far. Um and it's really easy to just kind of oh my gosh, fall into a little bit of a funk. Yeah, you know what? Yeah, it happens. I had some really wonderful marinated tofu, and it's just like we can have it come my throat. Uh <laughs> yeah, and I feel like we kind of caught the the tigers and in a, in a moment, I don't know what to say about the Nationals and and the Braves of the Braves but I feel like we caught the Tigers at a at a weird moment where like Eduardo Rodriguez is looking like the best pitcher in baseball right now <laughs> giving up like two runs in the last three starts I think it is right and while the Mets are cold and they haven't had a rhythm and they didn't really play much baseball like baseball you have to get a rhythm my my baseball team. I coach a baseball team in uh, in New York City, and we start off really slow, and we're like everybody looked like garbage, but it was because we weren't practicing on real fields. We're you know on flat ground, uh, on courts, and you know whatever some grass, but not on a field. And so it took a few games for the guys, for the guys' bats to warm up, and we keep losing, but at least they're not ugly. So I think right now. Weird, you know, weird double headers, very much spaced out, and it's just a coming off of a West Coast um, road trip too. It's just a really weird moment um, for the Mets, where a lot of guys were asked to do things that they weren't prepared to do, and other guys are coming off of, you know, the IL. So, you know, maybe this is maybe this is that rough patch, and everything is smooth from here. But you know, ask me again if it's time to panic when it, when we get to june i think june is the time right yeah. yeah
1: and you make a good point about rhythm because you know going beyond just the rainouts and all that you have this great west coast trip you come home to play you know what might be the worst constructed team in the national league you know i don't i don't believe in trap games in baseball per se but if there's going to be one that's it i mean the you mets know? had a
0: trap month all of in september and it didn't didn't right. work out too well
1: <clears throat> no yeah i mean they like Things like that happen, you know, you hit the high, you then you come home in front of, you know, minimal people because you're playing week nights against the worst team in the national league. Right. And you shit the bed. Like, you know, what's gonna happen? And then you get all these rainouts, and then you have double headers against the Braves. And then, you know, roster construction wise, you start to face some issues because you gotta send Budo and Peterson around to make room because of the suspension. Right. But then when you need some starting pitching and some depth, you can't call them up because of roster moves. And you can only use Budo and double headers. So it's, they're just in a weird spot. I just think,
0: like, looking back on last year, I feel like I could be wrong, could be mistaken, but I think their worst stretch of time happened at a very similar time but as to this season when, like, you both pointed out, trying to get in the rhythm. I feel like last year, there was the same spot where they got like four rainouts in a week and a half span or whatever it was. So you had to keep on playing these double headers and you couldn't get in the rhythm because you play two games. Then you would be off for three days and you play a double header and then you get rained out the next day and you couldn't get in that rhythm. And that's when you saw guys starting to slump. But as he got into their, you know, 18 game in, in 20 day span, that's when everything started clicking again, which is what they're going to need to do. Because if they keep playing at this level, I mean... The Braves well, they, are going to win the division by 25 fucking games.
1: If they it's keep not going to be great. If they keep losing 9 of 11. We, if they keep losing, if they keep well, losing to the Tigers, talk. if
0: they keep losing to the Nationals, if they lose to the Reds, it's not going to be pretty for this team. A lot of guys, and I'm seeing a lot of overreacting on Twitter. I know you're surprised by yeah. that. People calling no, for I... Billy Epler's job. People saying fire Buck. I saw someone say send Max Scherzer to the AAA. A. A lot of ridiculous things are being said right now when we're forgetting that this same team, essentially, won 101 friggin' games last year. I know we want to make the comparison about the NLE teams getting off the slow starts and winning a World Series, but Alex brought up a good point Well, be- before we start recording. Those teams didn't win 100 games a prior year. So I feel like it's an unfair comparison, and it's not really apples to apples there. But they got to figure it out. They got to figure out quick because the season's not over. It's way too late to panic. It's 30 games. Let's not freak out. But if they don't figure it out soon, we will be freaking out, and it will be time to panic. And that's when you start pushing too hard. And I think it's it's already happening a little bit in that clubhouse with Nimmo trying to steal with the tying run at the plate at the middle of the order coming up. I don't know. And
1: (laughs) Reading what he had to say about that. It almost, you know, not to try and read between the lines, but I'm sure we're all sitting there going, all right, this is the Starling Marte game ending double play. Yeah. It felt like him trying to run there and trying to take that base to negate was, it. Was to avoid. It's like he knew it was coming too. Right. He knew that was he knew that was what was on deck. So and yeah, and then Buck made the point, you know, you're trying to grab something that isn't actually there. And you know, looking at it last year, your point of right now it's in May between May sixth and May twentieth. They had four games postponed.
2: There you go, That's a good poll. A good
1: poll. You know they have the sixth and the seventh at Philadelphia, the sixteenth at St. Louis, the twentieth at Colorado. So that that was you said from the sixth to the twentieth. If you could see, if you can like quickly
0: <laughs> see it, what do they do in like next week or ten days?
1: Well, you're not I feel gonna, like right after you're not, <laughs> not going to like
2: the answer. Give it to us. Does it go okay, against my well, theory? Yeah.
1: Well, in in that stretch, they, they went for they went seven and five. But that includes Washington, a scuffling Phillies team at the time, the Mariners before they got hot, and the Cardinals before they got hot. I'll take so it. That's a against, win for me. Seven against, and five for a team that a mediocre competition. Yeah. For and a team once, that went won a hundred
0: plus games going seven or five in a twelve game stretch, I'll take that as a win.
1: But once they got settled and they started playing consecutive games. They start playing consecutive games again May 21st. Mm-hmm. Between May 21st and June 28th, they had only lost consecutive games twice. Getting in that rhythm. And that so, was in June
0: when they had the toughest part of their schedule.
1: Yeah, I remember you and I were sitting there. You and I were sitting here this time last year saying, you're going to have to be playing 700 ball before you get to June. Yeah, because the they had the
2: Dodgers, they had the Padres, they had the Braves, they had
1: the they had an in, they had Houston twice.
2: And not only that, but Shit, June it's... is a cursed month for the Mets too. All right, we we have just... the,
1: you have the June swoon and the toughest June schedule in baseball. The Mets could be facing Alex's
0: baseball team and they'll probably find a way to go five and seven every June. you don't have to pull
2: that up, but yeah, no, it's very it's very not serious. because you brought it up, guy. <laughs> I don't have any pitchers. Yeah, no, it's <laughs> I neither do the Mets It's fine. <laughs> yeah, no, neither neither do the Mets. Uh Jack, when you're looking at that at that point in the schedule with the doubleheaders, was that before Max got hurt or was he already out?
1: He's listed on the loss on the May eighth game. Okay. But then I'm in St. Louis? In Philadelphia, May eighth. They went okay. they go to nineteen and ten. Okay. So they he is not listed on a win-loss again until May 18th.
2: You're looking at the game blogs, right? How many of those are uh, Taiwan Walker and Carrasco starts? Oh, I'm... <laughs> this, is this too much of an ask? Just and just because you, well, you there's, mentioned
1: there's, some... There's a there's a win attributed to Carrasco the 10th, a win contributed to Carrasco... Or a win, win for Carrasco the 10th, a win for Walker the 12th. Mm-hmm. Um,
2: because those were like bad teams, and Walker and Carrasco were amazing last year against bad teams.
0: Well, Walker was incredible in the first half.
2: Yeah, but even like even when you look when you look at everything, like his bad starts were all against the really were against the really good teams. But he was excellent against the bad teams, and, and yeah, Tywin was... Walker was the same. And Tywin Walker is doing the same thing right now with the Phillies.
0: That's why the I thought the Phillies signing made zero sense.
1: I we we can't get into that. I we can't. Later we'll go on for too uh, long. Yeah, I yeah sure yeah. will. That's what happened over the winter. Yeah, <laughs> that that conversation went on for too long. Yeah, it always does. But to your point earlier, Alex, about like how they'd all like convene with each other in the dugout, I hadn't really thought about that. Yeah, you no, know, just how big of a piece that seemed to be for them last year. Yeah, was Bassett and Scherzer. Go into basically every pitcher after they're starting. Like, all right, man, here's what we see: like you got Bassett with the iPad, Scherzer pointing things out. And granted, Scherzer's not having a good year. Bassett's not having a good year. Walker's not having a good year. The Grom's already hurt. Like you can argue, oh. you, you could argue personnel wise, they made the right moves, but yes. there definitely is something missing. You know, because you know Quintana isn't there. Mm-hmm. You know, he just started playing catch. There's a language barrier with Sanga. You know, like. Carrasco, Carrasco has, still hurt. Carrasco has not been good and is still hurt. Scherzer had to be away from the team for so long. Verlander was away from the team. I mean, they had like three days where they only had three starting pitchers in the active roster. Yeah. It's.
2: I do feel like Verlander being back is going to give uh, a specific kind of boost. I think uh, the Mets have always been built around pitching. Verlander has his aura about him, mm-hmm. whereas. Um, whereas Jake was something godly where everyone just talked about him like they didn't know how to describe him, he was just an anomaly, uh, like truly a unicorn. And I hate that phrase, um, because I think it's overused, but truly a unicorn. Whereas Verlander is like ev- even in a different stratosphere than Scherzer, where he's just, I, I don't even had to, you know, he's just been so great for so long, just coming off of the Cy Young year. Uh, there's definitely got to be some type of admiration there and professionalism. Uh, him and Scherzer, maybe between them two being back together, they could convene. Uh, one of my stances on legends has been that I think I think Scherzer's going to continue to look like this for at least another month, maybe. I mean, I can, that's like I can't put a timeline on it, but mm-hmm. I I do feel like
1: A handful more starts.
2: Yeah, like there's like there's something he's he's not understanding it. This he, clearly. He, he's you know he's missing a, a like a mile and a half a miles per hour like on his fastball right now and it looks like that's what it's going to be. The spin rate's a little bit down uh, as a result from the uh, lost velocity and he's kind of has to figure out who he is right now as the 39 uh, year old Max Scherzer uh, Verlander. I felt like was able to discover who he was in this newer 39 year old body last year. Uh, especially with his new, his brand new elbow, brand new, and you know, was able to work through all of that through rehab, through his time away from the team. Where when he comes into 2022, he's ready and he, he he's set. And he knows who he is. So I feel like Scherzer's just it's just not there right now, and it's very confusing to him, uh, as someone who knows his body. But I think conversations with Verlander and just continuing to hash it out. Bullpen sessions, and unfortunately having to go through some like weird, rough starts. He's too he's too good to just be like, well, I guess that's it. Yeah, Yeah. (laughs) you
0: know, he's making too much money for that. Yeah, Yeah. saying the guy's done after five starts after the track record that he has for his career is is.
1: And it's not even asinine. It's not even just five starts. It's you know you have the rough starts at first where he's not going deep into the games. He only goes five innings to start before the Dodgers game. He only goes three innings in the Dodgers' start. He loses two calendar weeks because of all the rainouts. So his return date keeps getting pushed further and further back. How he made the point on the radio in the last four weeks leading up to his most recent start, he'd only pitched eight innings. Yeah. You know, we're in, in a normal schedule. He's probably making five starts in four weeks. Right. If not more. So it's – there's no you – know, someone asked me, like, I was telling Antonio this before we came on, like, Someone someone asked me, like, you know, how or like at what point do you get concerned? I'm like, yeah, obviously it's concerning every time a good pitcher goes out and gets shellacked. But if there's no resemblance of routine, and you know we don't even know what he's doing during a suspension. He can't be with the team. He can't be in team facilities. Like at that point he might just like have to go to like whatever the local high school in Jupiter, Florida is and beg the varsity coach to let someone catch him for an hour. You know, like, like you know,
2: yelling his ear and like, yes, man, Max, whatever.
1: <laughs> but like yeah. you, you don't know. And if, if there's no routine and there's no resemblance of a normal pitching schedule and all the maintenance that goes with that, I mean, like, to, the, to the the ground point again, like how often would we hear Gary, Keith, and Ron and Steve like going on and on about how detail oriented his routine was and how precise it was, but how almost perfect it was. Mm-hmm. So now if you're going a guy like Scherzer, you know he's gonna be the same way. A detail oriented, specific, concrete routine that he does not wanna be thrown off. I mean, you could convince me this guy wakes up at the same time every day, regardless of what time the game is. Oh, a, I, bed. he definitely does. You know, he's got the same routine every morning. You know, if he puts a, if, if he gets changed before he eats breakfast, he can't eat, he can never eat breakfast in his pajamas and then get changed. Right. You know, like he seems like one of those guys that's just insanely detail-oriented and regimented.
2: Didn't he used it to mean, run a mile before every start or something like that? Or like five something miles? Something insane. Yeah. yeah.
1: It was something absolutely nuts that made no sense. He's a freak. He's a freak. So now if you're taking him completely out of his element, yeah. there's going to be some factor or some resemblance of shock. You know, for lack of a better phrase, is his performance right now is looks shocked. You know, and I think the difference between him and Verlander right now is Verlander's on that routine. You know, he gave up two first inning homers. One of them wasn't even even a bad pitch. I don't think either were really bad pitches. You know, the one to Baez was a worse pitch, but that's also a dude who's strong and has been doing this for a while, just going with the pitch. But he, Verlander's on this routine. He's in, he's still he's settled. He's not coming off some weird suspension or a bunch of rainouts or whatnot. Like he's got it down still. He's able to settle in. He was able to figure it out whereas Scherzer. I do wonder if there's an element of him trying to prove that he isn't washed.
0: I, I yep. think there's, yeah.
1: Yeah. And I want to make this think point. I want to make this point
0: before washed. he, but, you know, after the suspension, I thought I assuming he was going to do well, my thought was this the suspension was going to piss him off. And a pissed off Max Scherzer typically is good for baseball and good for the team that he pitches for. But that was not the case. I thought him being pissed was going to keep that chip on his shoulder. it was just going to just roll him through the rest of the season. And maybe it still does, but he needs to get adjusted back to time first. I still think part of it is the – I hate to blame it on this, but I think the pitch clock is fucking him up. You can clearly tell that that's affecting him. I don't know if it's affecting his velocity and the spin rate, but that's getting him tired quicker. I think that plays at least part of a role, and he still needs to get in between, you know, a different between pitch routine. That's something that's different than he's
1: been accustomed to for 20 years. Do you think? So, I guess my question is, how long do you give before you start to get concerned for Scherzer specifically? For just Scherzer, I figure if 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 if, if he if, if he shits the bed, for lack of a better phrase, his next two starts. You know, that's how many starts this year? We five, I want to say. But just considering coming off the suspension, this is his first game getting back into routine and his his in between starts. I think if the next two games are a lot like the one yesterday,
0: I think you got to give him 10 starts. It's just like. I, it's it's just like you got to give a batter a hundred at bats before you really see what he somewhat looks like for over the course of a season. You got to so give a picture, especially someone like Max Scherzer. You got to give him ten starts. That's taking you into July. I'm aware.
2: Wow. I think ten starts sounds right though for me.
1: I think I'm giving him like three before I get concerned. I'm, I mean, I'm cons- not saying ten more. I'm saying ten total. So five oh, okay. more starts. I think just based off of suspension and everything, like these next starts are almost rehab starts. Just that have major league outcome. I mean, they are for Verlander, right? I mean, he's these guys are working themselves back up, working back into routine, making sure everything feels good, right? I mean, he said. I mean, Scherzer said the most important but thing about his start was, you know, despite getting beat up, he came out of it healthy and didn't feel anything. Yeah, and I, that that kind of speaks to where things are at right now, right? You know, I was, you know, being thirty nine, having all that mileage, you know, having to be severely thrown off your routine and quickly come back. You didn't really care what happened. You wanted to come out healthy, and I understand that, because I think if I was thirty nine and I had to shut it down for two weeks and then, like that, ramp it back up, ramp it back up, I would be like, all right, let's just get out of here without a herniated disc, and everything will be okay.
2: I think this, yeah, this next May, I think by the end of May we should have a feel for how Sturges is going, because the way the schedule, the way the schedule lines up, he is due to pitch next against the Reds.
1: Cincinnati that, or- in Cincinnati yeah,
2: or in Cincinnati and he's been giving up a lot of home runs so that I could be concerning. Yeah. Uh but yeah, the Reds are not hitting home runs. I was looking I was we were talking about trade targets. I was looking to see what the Reds had. They're not hitting home runs.
1: They got nothing.
2: You never know. Uh that's then underway. after that, after that it would be against the Nationals likely. Then he'd probably miss the Rays and pitch against the Guardians and then after that either the Who Cubs have the, the second Rockies. lowest slug
0: in like the past 50 years of the team. So.
2: Yeah. Exactly. So these could potentially, if he's not,
1: they're get right games.
2: Yeah, if he can't do it against these guys, I, then I'm significantly concerned going into June.
1: So then, yeah, it brings us to kind of our next conversation. If you can't tr- rely on Scherzer, you know, you know, you know, you can rely on Verlander. Sanga's still figuring it out, and they're still working them into the major league workload. And you got Carrasco coming back. What is the level of confidence? In Joey Lucchese, with him seemingly being anointed, at least for now, as the fifth starter, I'm, you know, with Buck specifically saying that he took him out early to see if they can pitch him short rest.
0: No, it's a bold move,
1: which is a horrible idea in my opinion, considering he just blew his elbow out not even two years ago. That's a bold move. I think I think there's reason to be confident in him. Sure. The Giants have turned out to be the worst offense in baseball against left-handed pitching. Which, I think he's he's shown
0: that he's at least somewhat reliable for at least five innings.
1: And I think people—it's a small for,
0: sample, but
1: well, and, and I think people forget what the
0: bar for a fifth starter really is. Oh my god, we had like, this conversation with Carrasco for last year.
1: Right. I mean, the fifth your fifth starter should be keeping you in games. There are going to be some days they get a clunker, you know, and they're giving up seven runs in four innings. And there are going to be other days where they're striking out seven or eight over six innings in one run. Yeah. You know, but for the most part they're just there to keep you in games. You know, very few teams have like the luxury the Mets did, you know, the last couple of years they've been to the playoffs. Well, not 2016, but you know, 15 and 22, you know, where they just have an insanely deep rotation. You know, not you know, look at look at the the Phillies last year. I mean, they started Bailey Falter in a playoff game. Yeah. I mean, for yeah. the Mets, that would have just been starting Carrasco or Walker. You know, two guys who are more than capable, who at who last year were more than capable of starting playoff games. So, I think it's, what are your guys' level of faith in Lucchese? Then after that, that's what do you do with what do you do when Carrasco's back? Because he's seemingly back in a week or two.
0: I want to get Alex's take first because, as one of the guys from Le- Mets Legends, I feel like the guy who has a pitch called the curve is Mets Legend territory. So I think that's all you for now.
2: I appreciate that. Yeah. I I want to see what Luke Hayes has got. Uh, I don't want to talk about faith yet because I've only seen him for three starts, and it'd be you know supreme egg on my face. I'm like, yo, the guy's got it, and then he's just <laughs> done. You know, this guy's the
0: fucking truth.
2: I've never seen someone like him. He's reminded <laughs> me of Peak Seaver. So, <laughs> three starts. He's, you know, it's kind of like Senga's first three starts, honestly. Like, depreciating returns a little bit, uh, not getting in super deep. I think I've been excited for him. I think Lucchese, I mean, there was a reason why he was kind of cemented in the rotation back in 2021 before he got hurt. So there's a history of past faith in him. So right now it's just faith in the elbow, really. And uh, they traded for him for a reason, kind of a significant trade where the Mets gave up, you know, one of their top catching prospects, who looks like he could come up for the Pirates this year. And then, you know,
1: the Padres... Get
2: Get Joe Musgrove. Yeah, and then the Pirates get Joe Musgrove. But we got Lucchese, so he's going (laughs) to...
1: Figure it well, out, man.
2: Lucchese is gonna be the guy. He's gonna be the guy who comes out on top in this trade. So Lucchese, <laughs> he's gonna be pitching number two. Uh when we get to the playoffs, Scherzer out of the bullpen. <laughs> <laughs> or Carasco after he in, out in the minors. Yeah, Carrasco's gone. Um, I don't have so to wrap it. Lucchese, I, I need to keep seeing him. Yeah. You have to I think you have to roll with him until you can't. Yeah. And uh, Carrasco, so, I have no faith in Carrasco. Is yeah. rolling
1: with Lucchese until you can't just a matter of circumstance? Or is that, you know, based on 2021, he was really starting to hit his stride before he got hurt? couple good starts already this year. Or is it
0: just a lack of faith in Carrasco? I think that's a bigger question.
1: And Peterson. And, Peterson's yeah. a bad
2: man. I think it's a matter of circumstance. Peterson
1: um, got shellacked today in AAA. That's not, that's that's, not what you want to hear.
2: That's my but word. Buck's of the hand, Buck sounded really down on him, too. I mean, I think he's, he's a Buck very constructive. I think he's very constructive with his criticism and his feedback I and mean, pretty much said he has to get right and and he knows what to do pretty much, Um, but
1: never what you want to hear.
2: No, no, he knows what to do. Like, oh, geez. Um
1: <laughs> Why isn't he doing it?
2: <laughs> <laughs> what well, can you just tell me? I, don't, I feel like I ever know.
0: since they tried to take, you know, put Peterson in a bullpen role, that's that was kind of the downward spiral for him because ever since then he's been he's he's not been it.
2: Interesting. I never liked it. I didn't like that move at all. I they, despise I th- that move. That
1: okay. what I hated the most about it was they didn't try and ease it into ease him into it. They're like, all, oh, right, so they're like, all kids, right, David Peterson here's here's the Yankees, uh, Yankees. Subway series,
0: it's five to three in the eighth inning. Mm-hmm. Go get him, Tiger. Next thing you know, the Yankees the, take, yeah, the, take the lead.
1: By the way, if you don't immediately get this guy, because of the rule, you gotta face Stanton and Judge. Uh yeah. Good luck. Take us to
0: the trumpets, and, 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 and that didn't work.
2: Yeah, there
1: were no trumpets.
0: Yeah, that's
2: really freaked out at the end of the year, didn't they? A lot of, a lot of really. really, really Do you
1: remember when eggs. you guys? This is Mets legend. Ter- Mets legend territory, but Yomer Sanchez, Sam Clay, R.J. Alvarez.
0: Oh my gosh, I I've... I forgot Yomer Sanchez was a Met for like five seconds.
1: Devin Morero. they oh, called up.
0: Hard. Never forget he-
1: Devin Morero. They called up Devin Marrero for a day and then got bullied into calling up Brett Beatty.
2: <laughs> I was at the uh, I feel bad for forgetting his name. Uh, he hit two home runs on May, May 28th 20th. last year. Oh,
1: May 28th. Uh,
2: man, Robin Rob is like the ghost of Rob is screaming in my ear right now.
1: The Rob's two home runs just last screaming
2: in general, he's always screaming. Yeah, last night because I was at that game, it was on my birthday. <laughs>
0: Happy birthday. Nick Plummer.
2: Nick Plummer. The Nick Plummer game. He hit those two home runs. I don't know why I brought him up. I, I think I was We're talking one ledges. day I, I coined yeah, him the,
0: the Plum Dog heart. Millionaire, and then he went like over oh for his next 30 and got DFA'd.
2: You he heard Plum he, uh, Dog Millionaire, and he's like, I gotta do it. Yeah.
0: <laughs> because he, he hit the home hit. run against, I think, who was it? Seattle? He hit
1: one against he hit the and one And the
0: on... next day he had a five hit game with two homers. He had, had then... one
1: yeah, the huge one against the Phillies. In, it was on the Phillies. That and, was it. That was it. was
0: the two
2: home run game. Yeah. Mazika hit the home I run against the Mariners. Day. That's who it was.
1: Mazika hit the home run against the Mariners after Chase and Shreve gave up a bomb to Jesse Winker. Fucking swaving guy. Yeah, that yeah. guy.
0: And that was the last pitch we'll ever throw
1: on Major League <laughs> Field. <laughs> yeah, that was it for him. Yeah. He ran his course. Yeah. What were we even talking about? um do we feel comfortable totally look yeah. What are, oh,
2: yeah what are your guys' takes
0: i think i kind of agree with you word for word like every single word i, I, I still want to give carrasco another another shot because again like we've been talking about the entire episode track record guys but if carrasco doesn't figure it out quick he's got a much shorter leash than a guy like max scherzer so he's got like
1: he's probably got three or four starts i was
0: gonna say three starts before he's he's a Permanent bullpen guy and takes that Trevor Williams role from last year.
1: I don't even think he's a permanent bullpen guy. He's a we really appreciate your time with the team <laughs> the last yeah. two, the last three years, guy, because he's he's on the last year of his deal. He's making good money, but too much money for someone else to want to bring him on. Yeah, but I think at that point he's probably facing a release. But I agree that it's probably circumstance for Lucchese. 'Cause at this point you're really just looking for a guy who's gonna give you innings and not get obliterated every start. You know, I mean for crying out loud, the debate like three days ago was, oh, why are you starting Denny Reyes over Jose Buda? Like this t- they just really need a dude right now who can stay in that spot and hold it down. Because you really have you, you got four of those guys right now. Yeah. You, know, you got you got faith in Verlander, you got faith in Senga. you know, McGill has earned it. And, you know, whether you have faith in or not right now, You kind of have to. He's, he's there. making $42 million. You
0: have, you he's, have not,
1: to. he's not going anywhere. No. You no. Know, so if Lucchese can just hold that spot down, you know, they're still targeting that July return for Quintana. You know, you're still targeting a couple more weeks for Carrasco. And you know, if Carrasco can come back and be what he was last year, you know, like a high three, low four ERA guy. Even that's a huge boost.
0: I think there's one option that we're not even considering right now. We're not even talking about it, is that what this is, is the possibility of a six man rotation? Especially when when the entire point is keeping guys like Scherzer and Verlander healthy for October. So you have to find ways to give them extra rest. I'll take your six what if you throw in Carrasco, keep Lucchese, have them both start, six man rotation.
1: I'll take your six man rotation. And I'll raise you a they go five rotation, seven in the bullpen, and use look use Lucate, use Joey Fuego as a spot starter, Trevor Williams type role. You know, in camp, when Buck was saying he wanted that, he wanted that guy, Lucchese was always clearly the fit. Yeah. But they never went with it. Yeah, you know, so I could see a world, you know, and especially if you want to give guys like Scherzer and Verlander extra days. And you you know that you're not gonna be able to just throw Senga every five days, you know. If you're able to give like a Lucchese spot start every now and then, just to give guys some extra rest, you know, and he's starting two three games a month, depending on the schedule, he's given some extra rest or keeping guys in a mostly regular schedule. I just don't know if that's something the Mets are willing to do. Yeah, awesome. no, because I don't think because you can't really say definitively that Trevor Williams was a reliever for the Mets last year. He made like. 15 14 starts.
2: You know, so, innings.
1: Yeah, there was like 95 96 something like that. It sounds about right. But you know, I wonder if that's something they would consider cuz he's giving you legitimate quality innings, you know, you know that you can bring him in and he out of the pen he might might be able to give you 3 4 5 innings. And you can run him out there on the bump to start the game. So if I, if, if these decisions are mine, I think I think you keep your five men for whatever that is. But you're sacrificing that last bullpen spot. I mean, and if you're gonna if you're gonna start getting three innings out of Jimmy Yakabonis, I think you can pitch down a guy in the pen for a couple days here and there. Yeah. You know, if basically all of your relievers can give you more than three outs at this point. I mean, Robertson's getting you six, Yakabonis is getting you nine. Brigham can go more than an inning. Drew Smith is regularly going four or five. Ottavino can go more than an inning. I'm sure Dominic Leone can.
2: Yeah, these are really good points. I I like that a lot. I mean, I know that from the from the start they were saying that they want to, you know, you have your typical five man, and then on those on those stretches where it's you know like 20 games 22 days, yeah, that's when you bring in the six man. So I think that when you when you were saying Lucchese being the swing man, Trevor Williams' role, you're talking about after Quintana comes back. Or until Cantana I mean, comes, yeah. comes back.
1: Until Cantana comes back. Because in theory, you know, if you're if you're giving Carrasco a spot and no one else gets hurt or suspended, or what God knows what before then, <laughs> you know, you're going it's hand foot and mouth disease. Yeah, there you go. You're going Scherzer, Verlander, Sangha, McGill, Carrasco. To be determined. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and then and then we can debate, you know. Carrasco, McGill, Lucchese. When that time comes, right? But you know, you're looking at four guys who, to this point in this season, you cannot depend on giving you a start every five days, right?
2: Yeah. So, best case scenario: Carrasco comes back, and it's like, oh, it was just his elbow was uncomfortable. He's good, and then Lucchese's that that Trevor Williams role, and that that's perfect. Best case scenario: Chef's kiss.
1: And I think they definitely missed that more than I think they want to admit. You know, you're you're not going to have Bucker Billy pleading, you know, please, Trevor, come back. We miss you. Like, you're not going to have that, like Taylor Swift, you know, cards in the window. Like, or even like the problem.
2: Oh, wait, that's the We belong together. Yeah, you, you belong with me.
1: Yeah, you're not going to get the You Belong With Me music video. You're not going to get the boom box on the front lawn <laughs> at there. midnight. There you go. Yeah, shut up, player. But... <laughs> I want to hear it, but I don't um, references. I'm sorry, you're too old for that. Whopping age, twenty eight. Oh, yeah, but I think that's something they they sorely missed, and I'm sure if you can give them as a redo on the off season, amongst a handful of things, and I'm not going to get into Carlos Correa. I think they would definitely <laughs> try and be a little more <laughs> the the face he made.
2: Somehow forgot. I somehow forgot. Oh, uh, <laughs> certain people don't let me forget. Um.
1: But I feel like they would probably try and find someone to fit that role or be more open to some internal guys filling that Yeah. I mean, shit, even if it's Denny Reyes, aside from the start with the Braves, he had looked fine. He looked pretty good. I mean, Steven Nagosik almost went three perfect innings the other day. Yeah. it was awesome. Like they're randomly churning multi-inning relievers out their ass right now. Yeah. Yeah. Like, it's pretty impressive work. So, in the same breath, why can't you take a guy like Lucchese and mold him into that Trevor Williams role? And not to say I don't see why you can't, but I legitimately don't see a plausible reason why you can't. No, unless, I, I, I unless I'm medically, his... agree. Why,
0: there's no reason why you can't.
1: Unless medically his elbow can't just get up and warm up in the bullpen, that would be the only reason I can think of.
0: Yeah, I mean, he's not going to be a guy that you're going to go back-to-back days or even two out of every three days. He's going to have to go him... two to three innings and then take, like, three days off and then go again. But I mean,
2: If we're I mean... talking about the Williams role, they would go regularly, like, Two weeks without seeing Trevor Williams in, and then he just like randomly turns out four perfect innings. And and he's like, Oh shit, we still got this guy. guy. Yeah. Where's he been? Yeah. We put him out last week.
1: Carrasco shits the bed in the first. He gets you to the sixth. And meanwhile, the offense is being able to get back in the game.
0: Yeah. That, that, yes, that's exactly what he did last year.
1: You know, I I think there's probably something there with like the Trevor Williams role, but like Seth Lugo levels of usage, Mm. Mm. you know, where. If you you know if you use him at the bare minimum, you do not have him tomorrow, right? At the like, I sure you could count on one hand how many times Seth Lugo went back to back games last year. Let's figure it out. I I, I tend cool. to
0: agree with you, but I want to get the the exact number here. But I I definitely agree with you. But in the meantime, I do think we need to somewhat transition to another topic here. And for me, yeah, it's one of the only than... bright spots right now is how often they're actually letting Brett Bainey and Francisco Alvarez play. Uh, I think it really goes to show what they think of Alvarez or how little they think of Tom Nito right now is, one, they let Alvarez play in a day game after a night game, and they've specifically made it so that he caught Scherzer and Verlander. Jack, you're holding up your fingers like you're doing a goal post, so I'm going to let you talk while I look up the Seth Lugo thing.
1: I have the perfect point on this, and I Go don't even it. i don't even think it's Escobar right now. I think it's Luis Guillorme. And Interesting. I, did, I was doing some digging earlier, as I tend to do. One of my favorite things to do while I'm watching a game is just scour, fan graphs, baseball reference, baseball savant, just find any interesting little thing I can. Luis Daniel Vogelbach is not the slowest player on the Mets in terms of sprint speed. It is Luis Guillorme. Luis Guillorme is statistically a slower runner than Tomas Nito and Daniel Vogelbach. Guillorme is the 8th slowest runner in all of baseball. Of note, some of the people slower than him are Martin Maldonado, (laughs) Alejandro Kirk, um, Miguel Cabrera. Oh my. He is the 8th slowest player in baseball, and I believe the list of guys ended up being somewhere in the 400s.
2: (laughs) I never, never Would would have guessed that.
1: And defensively, the returns haven't been great.
2: Remember when he just totally misplayed that one ball? just went the wrong way. And he just couldn't believe himself. And I think I agree with you 100% there, too. I've been thinking about it every day. And every it, day. It makes me feel bad. Maybe not every day. But it might be, because I'm obsessive like that. Just to um, wake
1: up with nightmares in the night of Luis my fumbling <laughs> ground balls.
2: <laughs> I had that dream again. <laughs> uh, but I think he's the odd man out. I think... I think Especially, they really I think they really like Escobar. I think they like his bat. I think they Buck like Buck loves him. Escobar. And not for nothing. Like his He's defense a is great. Guy. but I think Buck would rather see you not get not get to a ball because you just don't have the range than to the muffin to muff it. He doesn't really muff him.
1: Yeah. I thought he made a nice play today coming in on a chopper to end an inning. I forget what I forget what in the game that was, but he took a nice high hop in the chest, made a good throw.
0: And listen, you don't know this, Alex, but here, especially myself, we have a soft spot for our guy, Paul. We call him Paul. Escobar is Paul. He's that's our guy. So I don't I, know where Paul came from. I just go along with yeah, it. I, I I thank my fiance for that one. Um, yeah, Beyonce flex. There's yeah. your one for the <laughs> <laughs> Listen, I only got uh oh boy, this is gonna be gross. I only got forty four more days before I can call her just my fiance. So um, but yeah, Paul's our guy
1: our guy, so and I, I, I want think. Him to do well. I think, given that Giorme also has minor league options, I mean, it's not just that he can't. hit. He still does. Holy shit. He still. He has one. Okay. This is his, this is his last year with one. But you know, it's not just that he can't hit. It's that right now he isn't fielding. And it's also not just that he can't hit. You know, he's always been like you know. I, I have a running joke with my dad. There's no less intimidating player in baseball with a dick-high fastball than Luis Guillorme. Uh
0: Tomas Nino would like a word.
1: I've seen Tomas Nino hit a home run more than twice. Yeah. yeah at um, least he, he to had cut off that the conversation random... real
0: quick, I look for Seth Lugo. Five times last year he picks back-to-back days. One no hand. Way. One hand. But <clears> now, here, here's, exactly. the, here's the interesting thing. Twice, the day, the first game, he got one out. So he phased one batter, got the out. Mm. The other three times... The batter rule. The other three times, he he went back-to-back days and picked full innings every time he gave up a run.
1: On the second day? Every, yep. I remember That's that being a thing. I remember that.
2: It's a cool poll.
1: But so back, yeah. to, Guillorme. Yeah, back yeah. to
2: Guillorme. Yeah, back to Guillaume. yeah.
1: Back to Guillaume. You know, it's... He's at least been a good contact guy who's good for singles and walks and getting on base, and he's still walking. His on base is at like 310, 320 right now. He's hitting in well onto the interstate. <laughs> I mean, the, the minimal offensive production you were getting, that isn't even there. Yeah. So if he's not fielding, he's not hitting, he's the slowest dude on the field. I mean – What's what's my guy Danny Mendic up to?
2: I mean, let's 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 think bigger, right? They've been playing Mauricio at second base a lot now. In, and he's, he's been minors. good there. Good and they've been putting point. and they've been putting McNeil in left field a lot as well.
1: And I, I do think part of that has to do with the lingering back issues Can has had for five or six years now. But he's I get where you're a singles machine. Yeah. He's a singles machine who's gonna run into a homer every now and then. Just fine. Right, which is fine for what he is. Like, if he's really your fourth outfielder right now, and he's gonna have a three fifty on base.
0: Um, Mark Hanna is the least of my concerns right now. He's just there. Mark,
2: <laughs> yeah, he's fine. I love, I love Mark. We, <laughs> we we love him. We stand.
0: He's he's. I mean, especially on this team, he is the definition of a of a number six hitter. There's nothing wrong. I, again, the least of my concerns. And and going back to what Alex called Guillermo as the odd man out. I think for me, it, it's actually probably Nito because Narvaez is eventually going to come back. Mm-hmm. You're paying Narvaez significantly more than you're paying Nito. You're not going to send down Alvarez with how often you're playing him now. And I think, I, I think, know, what, I what, what does Nito do? Nito what? has not thrown out a single base runner this year. His framing is worse than Alvarez's this year. He's hitting, I think, o ninety five. So that he, I, I, I I thought about this. I thought about this when I, when I decided to make this point. I thought of one good thing that Tomas Nito has been good at this year. Man, could he bunt? And if all you're good for as a catcher is bunting, what are you
1: doing? I think the only saving grace he might have is that people above Buck make the decision of okay, well, if you're not going to commit to Alvarez more than you're going to commit to Narvaez, he needs regular reps. You know, because for Alvarez, it's beyond just 2023. Of course. You know, and you're you're looking, you know, 2025, you know, 2030. You're looking at this, and he still needs the regular reps, and he's getting them now. And, you know, they're making the point on TV. We've made the point, you know, in our text to each other in our group chats and whatnot, but he seems more comfortable and you've seen the tangible results yeah. of him getting more playing time. Yeah. You know, and I, he, he you, it you goes can back argue, to a whole point of getting a new rhythm. Right. And you can argue he's still overmatched in some ways or not, but he's not going up there trying to demolish the first pitch he sees anymore. Like he's very, he seems more willing to take what comes his way. Yes. And that is a direct result of more playing time. And I think that might be Nito's only saving grace. It's just that they might, is simply just he's he's so much worse than the rest (laughs) and alvarez has such a pedigree to him as a prospect that it just makes sense to carry nito and just tell omar narvaez to put on his best superman costume because he's gonna have to do some insane heavy lifting
2: wait so are you saying that when Nevaez comes back, Alvarez goes back down, or he just doesn't catch as much?
1: I would say, unless they're willing to DH him more and focus on an offensive, offensive rhythm over defense, which is totally possible, considering how well his defense has played and how good he's been behind the plate, they might be more willing to be like, you know what, he can catch twice a week, and it's fine if he's starting five days a week, because he's getting DH reps. I you know, think he's the getting-
0: only thing that's going to hold him back from that is that when when he plays against lefties, Tommy Pham just hits the living piss out of the baseball. Besides today,
1: he had two hits yesterday,
0: right, including well, a, a a homer that may have been a hundred fifteen off the bat.
1: Yeah, but so I I I think it's just it's possible that the Mets, if they don't see a way to get him, you know, get him in the lineup five days a week. They might decide it's, you know, he's not a backup. You know, we still need to work on the long-term development. Oh, the development. outrage
0: if they send down Alvarez.
2: Yeah, I just don't – I don't know, Jack. I just but then I think you'd point. need
1: to trade for a backup.
2: You know, and – And is your backup then. Like, if Alvarez truly just, like, proves him they're, – they're, The Mets well, aren't the paying thing. big money to a backup, you know. Mm-hmm. If he proves himself that he could play five days in a week or at least four games in a week – like and but plus like it, is a left-handed batter too. They could they could go with the, the platoon on those days. Very good points.
0: I kind of forgot he was so lefty,
1: which is fair. But like, let's say he's still he still has that 600 OPS in July when Navias is you know back fully healthy, getting into it. Yes. I think you're then in a the really weird spot where you need to get him consistent at bats, but you're in a spot as a team that you can't just be accepting a 600 OPS for the sake of development. Mm. But your backup catcher isn't good enough to be a backup on a good team. So you're in this weird spot where you probably have to send them down. You probably have to cut Nito and bring in a whole different backup.
2: I can see what I, you're saying. Yeah, and
1: yeah, okay. I, I, I think that's just that's probably the worst case scenario. Is Nito is so bad you can't justify him as a backup, but Alvarez hasn't got it going yet either. So he needs, so you need to get him legit reps in AAA. Yeah, it's borderline but, on doomsday. Right, because at that point you're cutting Nito, you're demoting Alvarez, you're trading for someone else. You're using, you know, you are using prospect ammo, even if it's just like minimal, you're still using, you know, that type of trade deadline ammo on something that you probably really shouldn't have to in the first place. Hmm. But yeah, no, that probably is a doomsday scenario for them catching wise.
2: Yeah, I mean, that's absolute doomsday. I could could see your point of like, like if Alvarez just doesn't get, like if this is who Alvarez is right now and he just doesn't get better, like, or just... Continued to grow, then yeah, you could bring him down and Nito is, is your backup and then see what Narvaez has. I don't see any scenario where they have to trade for someone unless there's an injury.
1: I mean, if, if Nito's but, yeah. still hitting under 100 in July and you got a catcher coming out, if off Nito's the backup, hitting under 100
2: in July, I don't care if
0: Narvaez lost his calf, it's Osta La Pasta, Tomas Nito. Uh, I'm <laughs> sorry, <Lost>
2: his calf,
1: yeah, <laughs> La Pasta. It's Osta La Pasta. But well I, then on I the think... flip side of this prospect talk not not to completely change the conversation I mean we're getting here eventually I don't think you can justify hitting Brett Beatty seventh for two months longer <laughs> yeah I mean
0: how good has he been
2: this has he been, just been screams David Wright in 2006 like put him in the five hole have him uh, have him right behind Pete
1: I've been afraid I to like say it. this but they need to start leading off Vogelbach. Leading off Vogelbach. If he's just oh, going to walk hot all the time.
0: Take. If he's just going to walk all the time. I, I thought Vogel- we weren't doing hot takes this episode, guy.
2: They, they've they had moments before when they've batted Luis Guillorme lead leadoff. And I have just learned today from an anonymous they bat Luis source that he's one of the smallest year. people in the majors.
0: <laughs> they batted him clean up last year in a game against the Braves. And they won.
1: <laughs> they've hit him. They've hit him third before. Yeah. The one day Lindor missed with his broken finger, they hit Guillermo May third. I'll
0: go but back, I
1: will off. say, if he's gonna if he's gonna walk twenty percent of the time, mm-hmm. and he's good to run into one, he's good for singles. You know, he's gonna put one in the gap. He might put one over the fence. I think if if, if I'm running the Mets, and there's a really good reason I'm not, <laughs> I th- I think
0: it, I'm it more... might be because of suggestions like batting Vogelbach lead off. Maybe I'll it's because I still don't
2: for having the headband.
1: That's maybe it's because I still don't even have like a college degree of any form yet. Maybe, I maybe can't even legally drink.
2: Emphasis on legally.
1: <laughs> Vulgo... <laughs> <laughs> you hit you hit Vogel back first, then you slide in Lindor. Give me Nimmo, Alonzo, Beatty, McNeil, Marte. Alvarez, Canna.
0: I don't know what's All more your of a scorcher. Vogelbach leading off or Marte seventh.
1: You know what's not a scorcher is Starling Marte's current production. So I mean, it's pretty
2: valid. A good response. Good yeah, response. That's, yeah. yeah that's, Get that's shit on the I'm but, actually really into Vogelbach leading off, uh, like like Kyle Schwarber, but I in in that idea, I forgot about Nemo. And I don't know. But, I mean, I don't know. I, I've actually, I've, I've been on record a lot saying that I think, I think Nimo is not my pick for leadoff. I mean, even though it doesn't make any sense because he has been so good in the leadoff spot, and he gets on base, and he gets on base, and he gets on base, and, he on base and now he's trying to steal too. Uh, so he's he's become I a more. How about of that batting leadoff? I, I think like he like used it. to. Didn't he bat off in, like, Cleveland? Including in Cleveland he
0: did. Yeah. No, I'm not saying right now because th- he's striking out
1: 25% of the time. That's my point. He's striking out way too much right now to be some sort of table setter. And I think if it's a guy like like a Schwarber who does strike out a lot, but you can get away with it because he's going to walk almost as much as he strikes out.
0: And he's going to hit 50 homers.
1: Right. You know, Lindor is walking, like, 10% of the time, which is fine. But if you're walking out, you know, and if you're striking striking out in J.D. Davis territory – Something's not good. Something's not going right. Seven home runs in San Francisco. Are you stretching right now?
2: I was getting a cramp, Jack. Yes.
1: <laughs> I was going to commend you for being able to multitask. God. All we do on the show is multitask.
2: I'm Lindor's
0: hitting profile this year so freaking weird.
2: He's hitting. Only- he- Does he lead the league in doubles?
0: He's towards the top of the league in doubles. He's striking out by far at a career high, but he's also walking
1: at the second highest
0: rate in his career.
1: It's like he just cut the singles out of his game and gave them up for strikeouts. That's interesting. That's basically what it is.
2: I think Lindor, in the back (laughs) of his head, in the back of a lot of people's heads, they still see that 38 home run guy from 2019. But that yeah. happened during the juiced ball years. And I just don't think he's that guy. I think he's very, very strong. And he looks very, very strong. And I think last year is 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 who Lindor is now. Someone who has enough power to hit twenty five home runs, basically he's, he's gonna hit a lot of doubles and he's gonna hit triples. And but he's not a 30 home run guy, and I think a lot of people are playing with the idea of oh, he really bounced back last year. I think he's he could unlock even more power, and maybe he has that in his head too, which is where the strikeouts are coming from.
0: But especially as a shortstop, if you get 25 home runs, you're in the top five at your position.
2: Yeah, 25 is fine, like we don't need to shoot for well, 30. It, he put we, up a
1: seven win season,
2: yeah, he was off awesome Francisco
0: Lindor was a borderline MVP candidate last year.
1: I mean, he Nothing mean, to in the to top change. 10, right? Yeah. Nothing
0: needed to change. He didn't have to do a damn thing. It's like I, I saw. We want to speculate
1: the pitch clock. I'm not one of those there. guys I'm who not there yet on Lindor. I'm not
0: there yet on on the hitters. I'm I'm locked in on that with the pitchers, especially when it comes to the injuries that are happening this year. I'm I'm so fucking online with it's all about the pitch clock. Mm-hmm. But I'm not there yet on Lindor. Um, I read something about Nolan Arenado last year, who finished what second in MVP voting last year. I read something that, run that over the, the offseason debut. he almost completely changed his swing so he's almost an, a a full opposite field guy. My
2: guy. He, you're you are Nolan Arenado.
1: You're Wait, Nolan Arenado.
2: This, this is this is this current offseason not the yes, offseason before. This offseason current, before he was like total driveline. This is new. This completely, is
0: this is the offseason going into 2023. Like Nolan Arenado completely changed his swing so he's only going opposite field. That's insane. And now he's
1: one of the worst offensive players in baseball.
2: Oh, that's
0: insane. But I, so, like,
1: I don't, I don't get it. Why? Well, I mean,
0: if they're, you're they're... Francisco Lindor, you just had one of the best years of your career post Juice Ball, the best year of your career post Juice Ball. You, you had like the
1: second highest WAR in the National League. I mean, He has the most controversial contract in baseball, and he put up a season he that justified it. Or he it. Yeah, and do you he think put a up...
2: part of this is from Eric Chavez moving from the hitting coach to the bench coach.
1: It's possible. That's an idea I had not considered. No, I think it's possible. definitely possible. Something, but I, I do so... think there is something to be said of. I'm not one to believe exactly in like lineup protection, like guys are going to pitch you differently because of who's behind you. Like, I believe it situationally. I don't believe it was the first inning like we got to pitch Lindor differently because you know Pete's mashing behind him but I do think there is something to be said about how just the lineup as a whole being weaker to begin the year you know there's not especially before Beatty got going and you have Escobar in this crazy slump Nito's starting every day and he's awful Canada before he starts well he's awful regardless like with Canna before he starts to get going the past week or so. It's possible pitchers are being more aggressive with him, especially when Nimo was struggling early on. You know, guys are being more aggressive with him just simply because there isn't as much threat in the lineup. But I think as that starts to change now with guys like, you know, McNeil's off his cold start, you know, Pete's come back to earth a little bit but now you have baby behind them. Alvarez is playing better since he's gotten legit playing time. Canna's coming around. Fam is still killing lefties. The only guy really who doesn't have some sort of saving grace right now that's playing every day is Marte.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: I I do think it's possible that guys are, we're pitching him a little bit more aggressively. It's probably
0: because they they think he could strike out.
1: Yeah, because they think he could strike out. And if you have, you know, Mark Canna or Eduardo Escobar or whoever with their, you know, six fifty OPS in the five hole, you're going to be more aggressive on Lindor and Alonzo. I also think going back to
0: changing the lineup a little bit, Lindor's better in the two spot. Lindor has been a lot better in the two spot. You I had put massive... him three McNeil. Th- uh, you put him two McNeil three Alonzo four, Vogie one. Obviously,
1: <laughs> we're getting somewhere, guys. But just I, end think, the I think there. you go.
0: I still think you go. Marte five, Beatty six,
1: Tana, I mean, Alvarez, I just,
0: and then whoever the helped batting ninth. Whoever didn't.
1: I I, I just don't know what you do about Starling Marte right now. I mean, I don't know if it's the surgeries. I don't I know if neck. it's just. I don't know if it's the neck. I don't know if it's the he's thirty five or about to be thirty five. There's just so much it could be. Either way, it's way
0: too early to get worried, but it's He's, never too early to talk about trade targets. Wow. Well, let's was, transition.
1: Uh, I can't even get my last point in. You can your get boy.
0: your last point in, but you just you're going to waste a beautiful segue by me. But go ahead, make your last point. No, <laughs> beautiful,
2: make your, no, make your point, little. Make Ramsey. your point.
1: Beautiful is generous. I'm not that little. And <laughs> God, this reminds me of a Marcus Stroman used to I was call just little say, Jack. <laughs> little Jack. <laughs> I think Marte is the one guy you can get worried early about considering the surgeries. Can or can't? Can. Can't.
2: Yes. Oh, can. I think. Like yeah, can.
1: I think just like an older guy playing in the outfield coming off double leg and core surgery, I think you can get worried about that.
2: Okay. But what about I... the fact that he's really hot?
1: Dude, have you seen him with a shirt off? <laughs> yeah, I have. Shirt off. <laughs> <laughs> Why haven't you?
2: <laughs> it'd be ridiculous to say i no. mean
1: what trade talk um trade,
2: trade, trade talk talks. speaking yeah. of hot, hot <laughs> tanks, the hot stove
0: <laughs> okay so we mentioned three early trade talk, uh trade targets are we each giving three or are we going one of each
1: well i think considering we've talked a lot longer than we thought we would have initially we can do two each two nice each compromise. okay that's that makes it a lot easier because
0: i only thought of two I haven't thought everyone.
1: of any because I notoriously like to wing these things as we sit down. You sure and do. They, they usually end up being great. Sure. All
0: right. So but, we'll let the guests go first. Alex, it's all you. Take it away.
2: All right. Well, if I'm going to choose two, let me just bring up my list that I have right here.
1: Oh, my God. he uh, made a list.
2: I made a list.
0: He's far more that's prepared a, you're for the that's
1: most pre-
2: our own show when we're not prepared for this.
1: <laughs> I, th- I When Mike Mayer came on, I think he just kind of like sat down and started talking.
2: Yeah. All right. Well, since I am prepared, I'm just gonna read them off because I can't choose. Okay. Uh, I'm just. I rolled this Chapman. He's looking great right now. He's a .85. fip. Uh, el- it's only 11 innings, uh, 19 did, strikeouts. Did, did, did you Why you not?
1: See
0: did you see it today? Is,
1: is is that before or after he got lit up today? Yeah, did you see it today? Uh,
2: he got lit up tonight.
0: Uh, he got he got he got. Nope.
2: Okay. Well, um, um, Keith uh, and uh, he got his tits lit. I don't know about that. Uh. Uh, no one's a good I like package deals because we can bring on um, salary.
1: Oh,
2: yeah. I, it'd be weird for the Diamondbacks to trade anyone away because they're competing. And this is especially in a NL West where the Dodgers are kind of taking a mulligan this year. But I think a package deal of Miguel Castro and bring him back and then maybe Merrill Kelly. Merrill Kelly's oh, in his mid 30s.
0: love me some Merrill Kelly.
2: He's in his mid 30s. Everyone else on that team is like below 30. Uh, there's nothing wrong with him there's no reason to get rid of him but I know they just brought up they're bringing up fop um is that how you say his last name I think it's FOD. fod I think I heard it, I forget yeah. it. yeah
1: I think it's fod like if you're like carrying out the a and fad fod yeah.
0: interesting okay. him up, so if, if you're, you're trying to, if you're,
1: tra- if you're trying to sound Beverly Hills like oh it's just a fad it's just a fod
2: yeah and uh, of course the guy who I've been bringing up Sounding the bell for us since last summer, who I, I thought was happening before the the sad cancer diagnosis. Uh, he's beat it. Liam Hendricks. The the socks are garbage. I looked through. I like packages. I was looking through. I can't think of anyone else to pair him with because everyone else had the Sox. So it just doesn't make sense. Jake Berger. But bring over Liam Hendricks. I was looking at Jake Berger and I was on his page and I was like, would they get rid of him? He's a third baseman. Do we need him? But uh, why not? Bring him in I think if with Liam Hendricks,
1: if Tommy Pham ends up sucking and they decide they want to go with the platoon DH again, that one makes sense.
2: You can do it. And those are my guys. I love it. All
1: right. Well, mine's Carlos Correa. No, I'm kidding. Um, <laughs> coming up with this off the dome is Alex cries a little bit. Um, I'm going to start Thyro Estrada in San Francisco. Ooh, okay. I I think he's one of those guys where he's having like a lightning in a bottle type year,
0: but, you, pro-
1: but you want to catch that. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you want to be able to find those guys where the price won't be insane based off like some sort of track record. Like you're just like, you're, you're hoping that as a GM, like Farhan's anxiety is like, you know what? He's not going to be this good again. I got to get what I can get for him, you know, and you can get him for something cheaper. And being that he can play second base, if the, if you have know, Mark Cannon doesn't turn it around, you can then probably, or if Starling Martha doesn't turn it around, or if someone doesn't turn it around, you have another above average, offensive and defensive full time outfielder in Jeff McNeil, and I think that's a huge bump to them. Um, and I'm gonna, I'll stick with an offensive player, literally any of the Cardinals outfielders. You can yeah. convince me Alec Burleson, um Tyler O'Neal I had a figure to uh, go O'Neal
0: Who's I the like third Tyler guy. O'Neal. Yeah. Who's the third it, uh, there's the third one. Carlson Carlson, Carlson. Yeah, yeah.
1: yeah. I think any of those guys make sense um to a lesser extent Brendan Donovan Love Love Brendan Buck yeah you know, I think Buck and Billy love their full-time utility guys. Plays 95 positions. Yeah, and I think, you know, especially if you're a team that, that makes and matches a lot as it is, you know, being that if you have a healthy Narvaez, you're mixing and matching at catcher, you're right, presently mixing and matching in left field at second base, somewhat at third base, just on the field in general at DH. A guy like that who can literally do everything makes a lot of sense. And, you know, the Cardinals are going to be in a full-on, like, this is, like, foundational yeah. Listen, they're we're saying for, for the
0: Mets, it's too early to panic. It's not too early to panic for the Cardinals. They're not doing anything well right now. They
2: just, they flat out stink.
1: Every, they're doing, every, the best thing they've done all year was Adam Wainwright singing the national anthem.
2: Yeah. That was pretty cool. And the vibes are really weird there too with their manager. Like, I don't know what's going on. I don't on. think the he's going to make it. of O'Neal. I don't know what's going on.
1: Yeah. It's it's that he benches O'Neal and then O'Neal just straight up to the media was like, yeah, like this feels really unprofessional. We should have handled this one-on-one. <laughs> yeah. I, I don't think Olimar Marmol makes it through the year. Like he might not be their manager by the time these guys are getting sold off.
0: Well, because they're like ten and twenty three. No, he's not going to make the year.
1: They're ten and twenty three. They already demoted their top prospect. You the know. only thing
2: that makes me push back on that is I've never seen the Cardinals rebuild in my life. Uh, they're always good. Yeah, yeah. And, and they're the most stable organization right in baseball. It's super stable, and this is Wainwright's last year too. I don't think they want to rebuild in his last season.
1: I just, I think you might be spiraling to a point where you don't really have a choice.
2: Yeah, if you're thirty five games under five hundred, yeah,
0: sorry, it, you don't have you don't have that say.
1: <laughs> I mean, you're you're ten and twenty two, and you're not just ten and twenty two. Like, you're getting obliterated at home by you're getting the Angels. Embarrassed.
0: You're getting embarrassed.
1: Like the like the the Angels are the most embarrassing organization in baseball right now. Like, especially considering that report today that they they're like they're pre screening pre screening all questions. No, don't do it. They are pre-screening every question that media members are allowed to ask. So coaches aren't being asked questions that will bring about negative answers. Wait, really? Yeah.
2: I don't
1: even know. they they're they 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 do like they do like a beat reporter roundtable on their radio network and they booted the athletic beat reporter because he was negative about the team apparently Art Moreno had offers for the team that was worth more oh, than the team's actual worth. And he said, no, like they're the worst run organization in baseball right now. I don't even know that. And the Cardinals are making them look like some new shiny toy. Look, make, look that's like That's perfect. So Yankees. And, yeah. I mean, it's just, it's insane. What's going on there. And then your, Alec, your point is like almost perfect. Like, You know, you got this weird manager-player feud that's playing out in like through the media, basically. Yeah. Like, and that's just simply never good. No. Yeah, it's like it's like the it's like the like an NFL team in week seventeen or eighteen when they all know they're getting fired and cut, so they just start bitching and moaning about each other in the media. (laughs) Lovey Smith. Right. Like, well, if the offense had played better this year, maybe (laughs) we wouldn't be giving up thirty points a game. Or if the defense (laughs) knew how to actually stop the run, you know, we wouldn't have (laughs) to throw forty times a game, or like. Like, having that, just having those problems in April, I mean, they weren't even, like, two weeks into the season. Yeah.
2: Yeah. You and you
1: wonder. know they're not going to fire mosaic. Wasn't it on their home opener? With the Tyler it, it, thing? I, I think it was something, in, like, instantaneous. It was, like, April 3rd. <laughs> it's like...
2: It oh, was, I, like, the first majors... new bar that's the other manager. guy.
0: Newt bar.
2: That's, that's the other guy I was thinking a, about.
0: They'll never trade. They'll never trade him, and here's
1: why: because he can land Otani.
0: They think that that's going to land Otani when there is a zero percent chance he can go to the Cardinals. You fucking kidding me? He's, listen, it. Charlie Otani is already a Dodger. He's already a Dodger.
1: I don't think he's ever leaving the Angels, and that's a conversation for a different episode. It sure is. But so for for me,
0: I did think of third person, and it. Two of these people have Mets ties. It's kind of strange. I don't. I didn't mean it of to course. be this way, but it is. Soccer. I'll go with the guy that doesn't have Mets ties. So the first two kind of rely on their teams flying out of contention. The problem is I think one team won't fall contention. So I'll go to the one that's more likely. Um, Just
1: cut to the chase, man.
0: Carlos Santana. Switch hitter. Can hit both sides. Can give Pete a day off his feet every now and then. He's having a pretty decent season so far in Pittsburgh. They're not going to su- sustain this this hot stretch that they're on. They've already lost four in row, whatever it is, and they're getting s- just spanked around by the by the uh, by the Rays right now. So he's my first guy. Second very guy, very humbling, serious man. I think it play really, kind of is. Joe. At
2: it, first, it really
0: is. Second guy, and this is the team that I don't think falls out of it. Go to Boston for Justin Turner, another guy to play a little bit first base can DH against lefties. He's having a pretty solid year. He's hitting like 280. He's not going to give you power, but he's going to drive in the runs that you need to. He's hitting like 280 with like a 770 OPS. Perfectly fine for a three-day week DH kind of guy. And once again, someone who can get peed off his feet. And
1: then the third guy for me. Adam Duvall would have been perfect for them if he was healthy.
0: Yeah. Yeah. (coughs) The third guy for me, and I think this, I don't know. We brought him up before. Why not bring back Trevor Williams? Bring some sustainability to the rotation once and maybe move him back to the bullpen if you need to. I think that's a possibility.
1: The perfect fit for the Trevor Williams role might just be Trevor Williams. It
0: might just be Trevor (laughs) Williams.
1: Listen, (laughs) none of the moves I'm saying are splashing,
0: but I think saying the splashing moves like, oh, trade for Otani. First of all, it's way too obvious and it's not going to happen. I think right now we're just talking about, for me, moves that are more realistic that can kind of stabilize what's going on.
2: Yeah, like like in the bottom of my list, I was like, all right, obviously Otani, Corbin Burns, and um, homeboy from the Guardians, who I, this escapes my mind right now, but beeps Beebs, yeah, um, Beep. I don't know. There's been speculation. I could see it happening. We need we, the Mets need some type of like young, controllable ace pitcher, um, and it's not going to come from within the organization. So something got something's got to give, and there's no free agents on the on the dock. Uh, but...
1: And that that organization has no problem has had no problem shipping away young stars, right? Because yeah. they're getting too expensive. Right. Literally, literally, thank you.
2: Yeah,
0: yeah.
1: How you doing for the next ten years?
2: Yeah, and the only thing that doesn't make me say that is I'm so afraid to say to say the bigger names because I'm a prospect hugger, and I've already brought up Mauricio at second base. He hit home runs. He's actually doing <laughs> pretty good. i I could I could see a lot of good things coming from him. And Vientos at the DH. So. <coughs> Are you an impressionist? I do them. I do them. I did improv in college. Nice, <laughs> nice. So I'm pretty. So I'm pretty cool. So I'm pretty cool. Don't listen to what they say in Monsters University. Not even a good movie. Improv, cool.
1: <laughs> that's my. That's one of my favorite movies ever. That's University. Movie.
2: Oh my god. It's an S tier movie. University? <laughs> yes. Not you're not talking about Incorporated, right?
1: no university
2: like like we're talking like I monsters incorporated <laughs> like you're talking about that movie right
1: i'm talking about monsters he's university
2: talking about, he's talking about university
1: it's right it's a, it's a kids, phenomenal. Says, all right movie. i don't
2: know what's going on ah oh, kids there's is this, nothing is wrong this my mic here because i'm yeah. talking to this to record separately into here because of a past experience with my wire that connects to my computer but I realize that you're making a video, and so I don't, I don't see you guys syncing up this audio with the video. But maybe for yeah, the, podcast the, the mics
0: on your other one. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, your audio sounds fine for what it's
1: worth. Yeah, your audio sounds great.
2: I'm thankful. <laughs> I'm thankful.
1: <laughs> so yeah,
2: I, I yeah. think
0: that just about covers it. Is
1: it's <laughs> the most fucking right. unhinged
2: <laughs> ending ever.
1: <laughs> So, so when are you getting me on the Mets Legend pod?
2: I'm gonna call it the pod, doesn't happen.
1: I'm gonna call it the pod just to spite Rob.
2: Oh, because, yeah, because he's probably the cast.
1: Well, yeah, because I've been at like, I've asked Rob multiple times to like hop on. I was like, oh, yeah, yeah, man, of course. And his last, I'm like, oh, I don't want to oversaturate the world. Who does he think he is?
2: I've been saying, I've been saying that. These different Mets podcasts have to unite, and we could make a, a big umbrella. Is this uh, maybe this shouldn't be on the record? But have like a umbrella company, and we're like this every day is like a different thing, right? Like, like this, like this cast is on this day. uh Mets Legends is one week because that's like a niche thing too, and then everyone has their thing, and we could all, support
1: all right. each other. So, so
2: so we all get our own days.
1: Well, you guys still get the you get a whole week.
2: <laughs> that's it. I don't know everyone gets a day. Everyone gets a day. The Mets like, Legends cast comes out on this cast day. day. Mets okay. Legends cast comes out on this day. The other another podcast I I day.
1: proposed to you Rob and Eric like a Mets Legends trivia and Josh Consalvo was going to moderate it. And Rob was like, "Oh my god, yeah, great idea." And in classic Rob fashion, he fell off the face of the earth for two days. <laughs> and Rob he came was, back with something totally different.
2: Rob was so hopefully now that he's got like his stable like new job with like actual like uh the brewery salesman right yeah yeah like with stable hours maybe like everything stables out because there'll be so many times where it's like you know like we're recording sunday mornings and then it'll be like sunday morning and i'm like hey. i was like could you record tonight i'm like come on i moved off we moved off of recording during the night during the week because i was always tired after a game <laughs>
1: no <laughs> like, i'm the same I way like, mumbling i mumbling have... I have an incredibly inconsistent schedule. We just went like three weeks that you telling
2: me about inconsistent schedules.
1: I had the I love amazing. This guy,
2: Antonio, am I right? Guys. <laughs> Which I know his sister. What? Gianna? What? <laughs> yeah. Well, because I went to college with Lori Dar- Dargis. I did improv with Lori Dargis. <laughs> yeah.
0: What is happening right now?
2: Gianna, pretty cool. Beautiful family. Beautiful modern American family. I mean, yeah.
1: <laughs> and for Antonio Slater, for Jack Ramsey. <laughs> <laughs> and, our, and our special guest, Seltzer Poppy. Oh, Thanks Christ. So Let's uh, go, germ. Yeah.
0: So, Yeah. <laughs> This guy waits two hours to say he knows my sister.
2: <laughs> well, I can't come on and be like, hey, how's it going? Hey, Antonio, say hello to your sister for me. How are we going? <laughs> All
1: right. Uh, no, we, we can't say anything else. We got to wrap it up. There. <laughs> we we got to. Yeah, well, it's, it's going to be a
0: crazy ending. But yeah, so. <laughs> Retoners later and Jack Ramsey. Talk, cut out what?
2: the shit talk, but bring cut out the shit talk, keep it have like a word blank where we talk shit about Rob, uh, and then come back to um uh how we ended. There we go. Dude, or you don't, just have or me saying, don't. Well, you know Rob and then just cut out. Yeah, Just cut out, <laughs> <laughs> just just cut out like, the audio.
1: Or just put like uh just, just put, put one like, like bad TV screens. Yeah. Okay.
0: <laughs> We'll be right back. (laughs) Yeah, Um, but in all seriousness, time. This was Antonio Slater, Jack Ramsey, our new friend Alex Corigliano. as always, friend of the podcast. As always, LFGM.